Welcome to the Pro Fun Haver Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Pro Fun Ever Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Sanders, and you're listening to episode 8 of season 2 of the Pro Fun Ever Podcast. Can you believe it? 46 episodes so far in total. Um, it's been awesome. Thank you guys so much for all the support and thank you guys for sharing the podcast, listening to these episodes, and just keep on growing, um, growing the podcast. It's really been awesome. Talking about awesome, our next guest is the legendary Bradley Cox, young guy in the motocross industry with an awesome, awesome career so far. And the stories he shared in this podcast is unbelievable. So without further ado, here's our guest, Bradley yeah, cool. Cox. Well, yeah, let's start off. Uh, welcome to the Pro Fun of a Podcast. Like I said, we've been trying to arrange this for a while now. Like you guys, you being in Durban and me being here, it's like luckily you guys have to come up here to race at some point. Yeah, um, we've been stoked. Yeah, I'm a big podcast fan, so mm. to finally be on one is cool. <laughs> well, and, uh, let's let's hope it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love. Uh, yeah, like I said, I love podcasts, mm. and I'm just yeah, we come up here pretty often, and mm. I was lucky I wasn't racing this weekend, so I could mm. do the track a bit earlier and didn't exactly. have to sit down, which was cool. So yeah, you don't have a full day of racing yeah. behind you. That's yeah, uh, exactly. So for the for the people that are listening, if you can give an elevator pitch, who is uh, who is Bradley Cox? Uh, Bradley Cox, a 23-year-old uh, South African, born mm-hmm. in Durban, um, and uh, yeah, I race uh, dirt bikes as a living, so yeah, yeah I mean, it's uh, it's a cool journey. I definitely mm-hmm. have a quite a unique story with, with everything I'm sure we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just a uh, pretty easy-going guy, always smiling, That's it, always yeah. happy, and uh, yeah, I race a dirt bike, so... No, that, like I said, that's that's actually one of the unique things, like being so young and being able to do it as a living, because like that, it's not it's not a thing that many people in South Africa, especially, can say that they ride dirt bikes for a living. But now to get to the start of the story, obviously, like if if you hear, hear the surname Cox, you think of your dad and all his success and all that. Like, was that hundred percent like why you started into it, or what was your that spark of okay, I want to ride dirt bikes for a living? Yeah, it's it's weird, eh? Um yeah, it's definitely, you know, you're always the, the son of Alfie. Yes, um, yes, yes. And, and yeah, I mean, what he achieved, uh, I think now in my later years, I, I realize it more because mm. we're on the same path. But, uh, yeah, in the beginning, not at all interested, eh? Um, yeah, yeah. I think he got me a bike. I was like three or four. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like didn't, wasn't interested. No, like, at all. <laughs> uh, we went to a track in Maritzburg and there was like a little whoop section and I went mm. over it and I just started crying and I was like, oh, it's like not me. So, yeah, it wasn't for me. And then, um, yeah, it was, we have it. So we live on a little small holding in, in Cateridge, mm-hmm. a small town, maybe 50 people. Mm-hmm. And um, a, on the next door neighbor has a big motocross track where we have races. And mm. there was a race coming up. I was about five and I just... Uh, I said, yeah, I want to, I want to go race it. Yeah. Well, they asked me, obviously, and then, uh, yes, yes. yeah, I went and, yeah, just putted around. Nice, um, nice. And then, yeah, only about a year, you know, like, my dad was still racing, like, pretty, like, professionally at that level, mm. you know, he was, he was finishing off his Dakar career. Um, well, not finishing off, but, mm. you know, he was, he was in his Dakar career. Yes, and, yes. Uh, so he was still on the go and wasn't home much, so... The first year, yeah. like that 2004 year was probably my first year and I did like all the nationals, but no fireworks or anything, Nothing, just yeah. cruise around and then, um, yeah, 2005 uh, was like, yeah, 50s are a bit different now, but you had the water-cooled and the air-cooled, mm-hmm. so I was in the air-cooled class still and I was, yeah, I went to the first national and um, I won and then Shit, uh, the rest is history, like, uh, that's pretty cool. You know that that really that winning is really a drug, mm. and I think at a young age, you know, when you when you experience it, it it, mm. it 
gets you and so it just went on and on and on and um yeah you know i led to a very successful junior career in motocross so i started with motocross mm, okay. um that was my my first passion and yes, um yes. yeah you know it, it elevated really big there i mean was uh you know fighting for the title in every class we went up and mm. um dad stopped racing full time in uh, 2005 yeah. he shifted over to the cars so it was you know he had more weekends um he was just doing Dakar in the car, so it was only January, yes, really, yes. and then he would uh, just race the local series here in um, the Sandmasters or that. Mm-hmm. Well, first from Nissan, and then he crossed over to the Sandmasters. So he was home more. Um, so yeah, it's definitely it's tough. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. cool having having a, a dad that accomplished so much exactly, and a yeah. famous dad, if you want to call mm-hmm. it. Um, but you definitely it, it comes with its its challenges. I can imagine. That's yeah. that's the other thing I was saying. Yes, okay, yeah, you 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 have a dad that's got all this experience and has achieved so much and you uh, I think that helps spark the interest in what you're doing, but then obviously it comes with a certain expectation. Like and also like everyone's going to oh, he's doing this because of his dad and that and that's why like I specifically asked like what was the spark and it, and I I can actually see like the your reasoning that winning mentality because uh, like at the races that I've seen you, that's your mentality. It's not a thing of oh, it's Alfie Cox's son racing. It's like Bradley Cox. You're making your own path, and that and that winning thing is kind of addicted. Like if you win at anything, and I think your competitive nature comes through in like how you carry yourself, which is which I think I hope more people see than seeing your your dad in in that respect, which is flippant, actually very really cool. Like you can, at such a young age, to have such a maturity, like if I can say it about you, to come with all that and still race and still take all the, like the, everyone's comments about it and everything in that regard. Like what, how did you manage to handle that? Because you said your dad wasn't like at the start of your career. He wasn't, he was part of it, but not as much. Like he was racing himself. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think when, when you're a kid, it's it's completely different. You you don't see, you just see him as dad, and yeah. and that a lot of people mm. know him. You mm. you know, like when you're young, you it's dad. It's yeah. you know, he annoys you. He it's yeah. a typical dad. Like <laughs> exactly, you don't see yeah. him as Alfie or, yes, or, yes, or anything. Yes. And and yeah, like that's just for me. It just oh, a lot of people knew him. He mm. raced Dakar. Yeah, okay. I I didn't really understand it a mm. lot. Um, you know, and especially like. Yeah, it it really it really doesn't affect you when when you're a kid. I, I, for me, I mean, some people yeah. might be different, but I definitely see how it can go two ways. Like mm. you either in racing and it's a thing you do, yeah. or I go completely away from it because there's just so much expectation like completely on you from the get go, which mm. is is hard. And it, you know, it's always that saying, "Oh, you got big shoes to fill." Hundred percent. So yeah. definitely, when I was a kid, I think. It was cool that I started the motocross route because mm. I sort of made my own way in it. So in a sense, I was running or well, running away from his yeah. shadow, like trying. Um, yeah. And 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 yeah, that's in my head as I was getting a little bit older. That's what I, okay, you know, get out of dad's shadow, yeah, get yeah. out of dad's shadow. Make your own way. Yeah. But you know, a couple of years ago, I just you know kind of mm. accepted it. Like you know, it, it's yeah. your dad. Like he's done what he's done. Mm. It's mm. flipping crazy what he's done. You can only just try and do the same. Or yeah. you can't run from it. Like you can never. Like I always used to get mad. Mm. Um, I used to say to my mom, "Oh, you know, I just wish the magazines wouldn't say Elfie." So because like if the, uh, yeah. if the if the article about the race or that I was in or whatever was say five sentences, mm. the first three were son of legendary motorcycle uh, yeah. athlete Elfie Cox, and mm. that always used to irritate me. But as I got a little bit older, I realized, hey 
it's it's yeah it's something it's, you have to deal it's, with uh, yeah. it's just what you got to deal with and mm. yeah it's it's cool i mean i wouldn't have it any other way he's um yeah we have a my family's super close um my mom is actually the backbone behind all of us like <laughs> if anyone sees like how our mm. family dynamics works it's it's pretty cool and um yeah i think we just you know, he he never put pressure. That was also another thing. Mm. Um, never put pressure on me as a kid. If I won, it was a thumbs up. If I came last, it was a thumbs up. And yeah. I think that was so, um, or not so, but like a big impact on my life because it, I didn't have to have his approval. Yes. He had achieved. Yeah. He wasn't living his life or his racing uh, life through me. He, sense, he yeah. had done what he had to do. Now it was his kid's time to just exactly. try and, you know, have fun and I mean, at the end of the day, motor- motorcycles are the funnest things to do. Oh, no, um, definitely. Yeah. You know, and um, <laughs> it's such a family thing. Like, mm. All my family knows it's very cliche, but all we know is racing. Yeah. I mean, mom, my dad and mom run a KTM dealership mm. here in South Africa. It's 20, um, 23, so it's 23 years old. They Jeez. started it when I was born. Yeah, yeah. And even that's like, you know, that's a whole crazy story, which, mm. which he can tell you, man. Yeah. <laughs> in a podcast, <laughs> if someone yeah. has five hours, it's some good story. Definitely, but, um, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah they, so they have a dealership. It's 23 years old. They started it just in the house out of mm. the out of the um, front lounge. Mm. And it's now one of the biggest dealers in, in South Africa. And, Jeez, yeah. you know, yes, a lot of it could be because of the name. Mm. But it this like you know he as much as he puts into his racing he puts mm. into work like he's mm. the hardest grafting guy I know you know no, he like, just puts in I, all I saw him at the at the last uh, the the yeah the off road off road like he was busy here oh, he busy by check here like he's yeah. doing mechanics work yeah, he's doing no. team manager he's yeah. everywhere he, like he, still he, he doesn't help everyone he's got yeah. his, this little dealer team he's helping them some guy's got a punch he's running down there so that's yeah. also like I mm. think at racing like you know it's always like oh he's dead. He's, he's fixing someone's yeah, he's busy, yeah. he's crazy like that you know mm. whereas um so going back to yeah i think you know i'm I, it makes you mature about it because you mm. you're a little bit oblivious to it all yeah. but yet uh you know it, it but it does come in life yeah so. no yeah definitely it comes like it, and, and the cool thing that i think you've done successfully at the moment is being able to as soon as you line up on there then it's not alfie's son that's racing it's bradley cox it's lined up yeah um then then i think then the colors shine because you get those people that are in the sport because dad raced or dad did this or he's a doctor because dad was a doctor and then as soon as you're on that line then like you your dad can be whoever well like that's not it's going to add talent to you yeah. and i think that's the part that people miss is like yes you're winning races and you're winning championships and you're leading to dakar and all this and that's not yes your dad your your son might have helped that but you still need talent to that you still need to no one's gonna back off like you, i don't see a guy coming towards a corner looking to pass you and then oh it's alfie's son and then close yeah. the throttle <laughs> it would be no. nice sometimes <laughs> <laughs> make life a lot easier so so ne- that's never gonna happen yeah. so yes you've you had a little bit of uh, good and bad with that but it's still like uh, having a ta- talent for that and uh, and like yeah it doesn't matter what your dad has accomplished in that sense it's still you and you, it's not like you're racing for dad's team as well you're racing yeah you fight your own way up and then you're running for the factory ktm team and and that says a lot as well to help with that and and you're making your own name in that sense which is cool yeah yeah it's just um yeah my uh, the one thing he drummed into me and, mm. and and my mom drummed into me it's nothing comes easy and it's always hard work hard like, work yeah i mean you know he used to i mean he worked full time mm. you know and they just like because that was just that era everyone worked and they just raced on weekends i mean he used yeah. to work all day run to work work all day mm. run to the gym 
gym for an hour or so run home like mm. you know it's just and and that's that's what like one thing that's pretty i'm very thankful for is like mm. drums in that you know you nothing comes easy and if you want it you gotta you gotta work your butt off and yeah yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely helped me a lot in my career. Yeah, and I think um, him, like, even not being there, he led by example. Like, he showed you what to do by doing it himself. And you basically now just, okay, cool. Like, my dad achieved all this, and he worked his ass off, and now I'm, like, do have to do the kind of the same thing to get there. But now, more elaborating, more on your in your own career and stuff like that, you said, okay, your passion was motocross and that. What made you think, okay, cool, I am interested in the more off-road racing and the more cross-country and, and like, what, what sparked that interest to go from motocross to that side? Yeah, so, um, when I was a kid, like, I used to just race the Hair Scramble series at home, the mm-hmm. little regional, and so it's, it's cross-country for two hours on an 85 because it was just something else to do besides yeah. racing motocross. I had some friends there, uh, mm-hmm. you know, obviously with the dealership, my dad had, like, a, Mm. You know, customers that went there so I started from a young age like bush rides and, and all of that so yeah. that was a part of me but it wasn't, I wasn't I was a motocross kid you know oh, exactly um, and then yeah my, my life got uh, took a pretty fast turn I um, managed to wrap up the pro mini title I was uh, I was 13 14 14 years old mm-hmm. and uh, so the next step was to go to one to five and um, yeah I was a, a Red Bull athlete and you know, Red Bull said, okay, what's the, the next step? Um, and uh, oh, I just, I'd, sorry, I just mm-hmm. got in that year, so I wrapped up the Premier League title. I went to Europe to the ADAC German Championship, which mm-hmm. is a super strong championship. You know, a lot of guys race it on 85s, and I managed to get on the podium there. Okay. So nice. that, like, started that European, hey, you know, like, you know, you're not too shabby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, you know, maybe this European mm. dream can be, can be, can a, be, yeah, a, be a thing. Yeah, yeah. so... Uh, I came home, um, and then I went to Junior World Champs, and uh, I finished seventh overall. Okay. I think I went four nine or something for tenth or uh, seventh. So mm-hmm. that uh, yeah, and um, Harry Everts came to us in the pits, and he said, um, "Stefan Everts' dad." So mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Harry Harry comes around and he says, uh, "In this Belgium he says, oh, you, you 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 got something. You, yeah. you want to make There's it? something there. Yeah. Come to Europe.'" <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. It's mm-hmm. Harry Everts, you know." Like, yeah, yeah, Harry, yeah. Like, and I uh, came home, wrapped up the championship, yeah, and, and I mean, Red Bull just being such a cool company that they are, they, mm. you know, what's next, you know, yeah. you're young, what's next? I said, oh, you know, the next goal is to, to go to Europe. Um, so they're like, okay, like, how can it be happening? So the problem was I was going to get on a 125 a year early, mm-hmm. then, so instead of staying on 85s the next year, I got on to 125s, mm-hmm. and they said to me, okay, you, the minute you win the 125 title, then you can go to Europe. So the plan was one learning year in South Africa on the mm-hmm. one to five, then try and win the next year on a one to five. So it was like a three year plan. Mm. And then you can go to Europe for your last year on one to five, or you go to four strokes like MX2 early yes, and yes, you yes, try yes. that. And yeah, I ended up um, winning the one to five title in the first nice. year. So yeah. it was like, <laughs> yeah, oh, was... the plan comes forward now, mm-hmm. you know? And I went and did a couple rounds and I think I did four rounds and it was like mixed bag. Like, two were good two were like okay-ish yeah. um and i definitely realized the level got uh got higher and you know we europe's a bit like different like you you go there and then you find a team and then you got to like pay in a little bit of money to the team to get started like mm. that's just what everyone does so mm. we found some teams and you know we said to Rebel, okay this is the the deal and, and they were like okay cool we'll we'll fund that part for you mm. and yeah I'd, um 
I left at 15 years old. I, I sure. said bye-bye to mom and yeah. dad. Yeah. I packed two uh, riding bags mm. with clothes. Yes, yes. And I arrived in Germany to Bodeschmidt <laughs> Motorsport. And, mm. uh, you know, I was embarking on this European career. Exactly. Yeah. Mom and dad just said, if you want to do this, you got to go by yourself. They mm. couldn't come yeah, because yeah. of the, the shop. Yeah, they area. have their own obligations. And, yeah, uh, yeah so had to learn to cook mm. <laughs> everything <laughs> I was, uh, you know i had a little apartment to myself mm. you know mm. like pay electricity bills water everything, bill, all yeah. of that so you you, you were 15 and mm. overnight you became 21 like yeah. i landed in germany and i had to turn 21, 21 immediately and yeah. um so it was a bit of a shock to the system and yeah it was it was always a three-year plan with red bull in europe mm. so they were going to help me out for three years and then you know i needed to get into a full-time team that would you know like make that next yeah, year yeah, yeah. um my first year like was pretty all right uh, i really got a lot better towards the end of the year and uh started off like not so good like i think just life was a little bit overwhelmed like everything mm. was overwhelming yeah, like, yeah it's 15 years in europe you, yeah, with yeah. your mechanic you know you learn trying to learn languages because no yeah no many people speak english, english. Um, you're away from mom and dad like mm. um so I, I struggled a little bit in the beginning but towards the end i started to get it right you know a couple of good results here and uh, so the next year i was like right this is like you know a good year let's we can go for really the the goal was to be top 10 top five consistently mm. and i came home and i trained my absolute butt off like yeah. <laughs> i came home in uh, october i had like october no i came home in uh yeah end of october so i had november off okay. and i started on i got a, i got a one to five on the first of uh, december mm. started training and i left on the 8th of january that year and i put 88 hours on that bike yes okay so it was like oh, you know proper all, yeah, going for it <laughs> yeah i was like this this is my year to to try and make mm. it you know and um yeah i got to europe and i was feeling so good and we did a pre-season like testing in in italy and spain and then uh you have like warm-up races before the european championship mm. starts and those went well. I um, got on the podium at a Dutch championship. Uh, sure. uh, yeah, I got on a podium. Uh, top five at a German race, which was like an international special race, which yeah. two fifties, one fives raced together. Okay. So that was like cool. Like everything's going well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's... Um, and uh, yeah, just went to go test my race bike the week mm. before, the Wednesday before the European championship. And mm-hmm. still to this day, I don't know what happened. Came over like out of a sweeper. There was a little tabletop and I was just cruising yeah and it just like the front end dropped and it was like a long landing and i landed at the bottom and just broke everything in my left shoulder Shit, the, yeah. the um labrum got torn uh, mm. where the, the arm joins the shoulder that got mm. broken the shoulder blade got cracked yeah every tendon ligament was stretched and yeah. it got worse because when i got to the hospital and i whipped out that green mamba passport yeah everyone like just put alarms you <laughs> oh, know like, yeah. where's your insurance involved so oh, shit, i was yeah. five hours out like the dislocation yeah so shit, one they had okay. to put me under to put it back in so everything was destroyed mm. and uh yeah i like i came out and i knew that they said oh we recommend surgery so i was like okay well i need to go see a specialist Mm-mm. and i went to a specialist in belgium um and actually a yeah, cool story uh ktm um send me to this guy because he does chirole in that oh so yeah. he was like the guy uh, yeah he's the doctor. shoulder doctor yeah everything <laughs> yeah doctor two and class so mm. and and he was amazing he said to me no like we don't worry this will be fixed you'll mm. be because i mean the guy in germany told me oh you never ride again like, oh shit, yeah. your arm will never go past your your shit. ear or something so yeah. I was like, oh, okay so Turn was like, no, all good, but it's going to be eight months recovery. Mm. I was like, oh, season yeah, gone. Yeah, there's season know? gone, yeah. I so I got surgery. I flew home for like uh, three weeks because I was in like 
for two months, one of those things where you can't move, there's like a pad between your oh, arm like, and your yeah, yeah, like um, stint between there to yeah. keep your arm up. So okay. it had to be like like sleep like that. Only thing is shower, oh, I could shit. take it off. So yeah, yeah it was gnarly. And <laughs> um, yeah, I, we decided to do my rehab um, back in Europe because yeah. Yeah, all the top doctors are there. Yeah, mm. and like just kind of you know, still go to the races with my team and you know like still yeah, be still in be it, there you know, yeah, yeah. Be, so people don't forget your face yeah there, that but. too and like it would be it was also a bit hard because like i wasn't i was just homeschooling myself so okay. you know i wasn't like i could, I could go to school here and, uh, you know okay. like i my new life was there like friends yeah and, everything you built up there yeah so, so um i went there and i did rehab and i went to acupuncture every day for um or well, two months i couldn't move it like mm. i had to be in this thing and then i came out so this should be uh another six months left you know Shit, yeah. and i went to acupuncture every day and five days to the day i got on uh, five months to the day i got on the bike Shit, and i raced the last two uh european championships on mm -hmm. the one and it was good um yeah i pulled the whole shot at one mm. and i laid nice, for like nice. 10 15 minutes and then the anchor got thrown out because it was like yeah. only a week or two weeks back on the bike yeah, yeah, yeah. and um yeah like good results and and that carried me through to the two like now i had to make the next step to 254 strokes so mm -hmm. That was going to be like a big step, you yeah. know, and I, I changed teams. I went to a Belgium team. Yeah, that, that's that's what I was about to ask. Like, how did the team feel of you taking like cool eight months here in Europe and then? Yeah, so I mean, they their program was like it. It was really good. Mm. Um, it was a very good program, but I, just the way everything was like, I needed to be in Belgium because it's like the hub. Everyone mm. sees you. You need to be in the sand. Yeah. You know, like everyone lives there. Yeah, um, yeah. Tyler Atre was helping me quite a lot. So I was staying a lot with Tyler. Okay. So like that commute was like three hours all the time on the sure. trains. Yeah, you know, yeah, jump sure. on a train, go to Tyler, come yeah. back. Like, yeah. So yeah, I wanted to be in Belgium and I just, I got a little bit more help from KTM that next year for, mm. like with the team. Um, that team was a really good team. Um, some things could have been better from their mm. side. Some things could have been better from my side. But, yeah. you know, I was a kid, so... Um, and then mm. that next year, I really struggled. Like, I just didn't realize how much I missed. And, you know, like, because you're so young, you don't understand how yeah. much you actually miss in five months. Like, yeah, yeah, just five months. Just gross as a rider, so... Yeah, um, yeah because you, you just said, now, how many hours you put in the bike between the, the yeah, three months? Yeah. Like, five months is even... Yeah, and then... Yeah, so... Yeah, I actually, like, came into the year really good. Like, it was, like, three warm-up races, and I was, like, good. And I was, mm. like, whoa, okay, yeah, this is going to be a good year. And then we got to U the GPs, and it was just down and oh, down shit, and yeah. down. So I was, like, in this constant slump. And, like, mm. I just was really struggling mentally, like, to get out of the slump. Mm. And towards the end of the year, it got a little bit better and everything. And, um, yeah, I just, I remember um, two races to go, I uh, crashed in a start. Someone jumped onto the back of me off a jump and mm -hmm. went down, and my shoulder popped out again. Sure, yeah. and i remember waking up in the hospital um like got out i phoned my mom on the way home and i just started crying i said i can't do this anymore. Mm. I, I gotta come home like yeah. i just three years like yeah you know, not... like everything had always kind of got to plan gone to plan for me and now this like was you know and i was just so mentally down and mm. you know she was like no well, you know just a knee-jerk reaction like relax and anyway yeah so the team and i were like ugh, i wasn't too happy with them um you know, like, not like that they did anything wrong, but like there were some things I wanted that, you know, weren't happening. And yeah, so I wanted to leave the team and I found this other team that I was going to go to. And then, yeah, like it was kind of go to that team or go home mm -hmm. um, because this other team, like, well, the Red Bull, the Red Bull funding had stopped. So I was mm -hmm. like, hey, well, now I've got to kind of ride for free or, and they like wanted really crazy money. So I was like, mm -hmm. mm. so I had this other team lined up and then they were like, 
I, you know, when you have like a bad feeling about things. Oh, yeah, you just, so just gut feeling is saying, you know what, let yeah. me come home and like just regroup for a year mm. and then go back. Like, you can always go back because yeah. the door's closed. Exactly. Yeah. And I flipping came home and like three months later, the team closed, that team closed down. Yeah, I was like, like okay, yeah. that was a good sign. So, mm. yeah, I came home, I was 18, so, mm. you know, still, and I was like, right, now we go for the MX2 title here in yeah. SA. Um, I managed to get a fill in like KTM phoned me once in uh, February they mm. had a guy that rode for Silver Action KTM okay. and he broke his femur he was going to be out and they wanted to know if I wanted to fill in for um, six months so I was like mm. oh, that'd be hell cool. yes yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, the European races I had to fly to like five GPs mm. sweet so I was like oh perfect plan mm. and yeah like 2017 just I was super fast, but mm. I just couldn't put racing together. Like mm. I think my be- really round one was good. I went uh went four three four two for second or four two for third. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like all right, yeah, this I'm is back. good. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna be back. And then it just went down, Shit. down, yeah. down. And I think it was like Joburg. Like yeah, we came up to it Bronco in like, you know, July or something. Mm. And I went like six seven or something sure. and i remember driving yeah. home and i was like i just i'm not the same like, yeah something, i just yeah. i think i'm gonna throw in the towel and there was quite a break with the motocross like i like i've sat my mom and dad down i said i, just, I don't know if i want to do this anymore you know mm. and um they were like yeah okay let's take some time off and and like there was a big break so july i think we were racing again like september or something mm. like the last three rounds and um there was a national enduro at pe yeah. Uh, at Rover in the sand nice, special yeah. test and my dad was like hey uh, this is a national jury it's in the sand like why don't you go do it why not like that would be cool mm. haven't raced in Jura my, one of my best friends is Travis Teasdale so mm-hmm. you know he was still racing here at the time so I was like oh okay it'll be cool like weekend with a couple of my friends some guys I haven't seen yeah. and we went there and yeah it was like I think I got third overall mm. third in class or second in class and I yeah. won a couple tests oh nice and I was nice. like this is cool. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the winning comes back. Yeah. This is really cool. And mm. that like good feeling or, or whatever it was I was looking for to get out the slump. Like, mm. And I was like, cool. And then there was another one in Harding. Mm-hmm. And I went to that. And like it wasn't as good a PE, mm. but I still like really enjoyed it. And I was like, yeah. okay, so next year I'll race Enduro and, uh, and Motocross. And Motocross. Mm. Like, cool. And um, yeah, fin- then my Motocross got a bit better. Sure, and I was yeah. like, cool. And then... Um, we were sitting, we were coming back from somewhere and we bumped into someone that was coming from an off-road mm-hmm. and they were like, hey, you should come to an off-road. Like, I see mm. you doing enduro. You should, I, can't believe, I can't remember who it was. Um, and we were, they were like, yeah, you should uh, come to an off-road. And I was like, mm. oh, I don't know what an off-road yeah, is. Yeah, you know? like, and they're like, no, it's like, you know, I had an idea, but like, mm. they're like, no, no, no. It's like, you know, you, you race short courses and mm. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Because I mean, Back then, I thought you did like 500Ks. Yeah, (laughs) massive loops, yeah. And, um, yeah, I just uh, went... So, we started 2018. So, Mm. the goal was, okay, so I I wasn't on the factory team here with with KDM. Mm. I was riding for my dad's dealership. But I got bikes from KDM and a spare budget. So, it was pretty cool. So, they they said to me, all right, I said to Fran, I want to race off-road enduro and motocross. Like, Mm. will you help me with bikes? And she was like okay yeah, yeah, like, sure, that's a big ask but yeah sure let's, like, let's do this yeah and i said to my dad oh like this off-road thing i'm a bit unsure so he's like you know what do mm. the first one mm. and see how you like it yeah, yeah and yeah. or maybe we'll look at like the first two or three so mm. i was like oh, okay cool yeah give it a fish and um yeah it, it was i mean it's probably one of the best days of my life i nice. pitched up at the first round in mm. um ishawi 
and I started on the 50th row mm. and I just came through came through eight yeah. eight all day and yeah I managed to win the overall nice yeah. win you know like win the whole thing mm-hmm. in my first ever off-road and I was like hooked I was yeah like, like that winning feeling is like, back <laughs> I was like okay and then I went to the first enduro did pretty well first mm. motocross well and then like this whole multi-discipline mm. like athlete that I am now came out it's like this mm. kid's doing it all Shit, yeah, yeah. and um yeah I had a really good year I um motocross was really going well I was getting I got a couple of podiums like mm. you know it was good enduro I was I was always off the podium I was like a fourth fifth guy all mm. the time like, it was just break just, just missing like it, yeah. fourth fifth fourth fifth all the time and mm. then uh off-roads I got I, I had to learn really fast like the fast races because mm. I, I mean I'd only ever ridden like motocross yeah, and then, yeah like the stuff at home so in the forests and all that but mm. and sugarcane but now yeah. it's like mini field racing yeah it's like, flat flat flat. like i wasn't too bad but i was like definitely the things i know now i didn't know then mm-hmm. and um yeah i got like i went through a bit of a slouch with offers i think like i got like a third and a fourth at like botswana and then uh, there was another one in cape town i got like a fourth or something also got so mm. i was like oh championships you know, like I came in super good and yeah, then like yeah, now I've lost it. And then I got onto a roll, like a, yeah. a one Swaziland and the overall, I won another round. And then the last round in Joburg, I had to mm. win and Jared could see I had to get fourth or fifth. Mm, mm, mm. And he literally got fifth and I lost uh, the title by one point. Yeah. Okay, so I was so. like, oh. but you know, mm. then that opened doors. So KTM then signed me as a, for the factory team with mm, off-road enduro oh, nice, and right. motocross. Sure, um, yeah but branded as the off-road team for motocross mm-hmm. and then you know this whole multi-discipline thing and, insane, and now we've yeah. been four years at it mm-hmm. and uh yeah obviously the off-road thing led to me going to america mm-hmm. for gxcc uh gncc, GNCC yeah, and yeah. that was like when i got there and i was like yeah this is what i want you know i want to come race this professionally and yes, yes. i went to, i think i've been to five and yeah. best as a sixth so okay you know i like pretty well i mean mm-hmm. for a guy just pitched up and you know, yes yeah yeah not, but, yeah, um, not being spending time there oh then co- so last year uh 2020 i was um racing's changed in essay so we raced in the beginning of the year mm. i don't know if you've noticed and then there's nothing for four months yeah it's like this dead spot yeah in the middle. and then we race then because mm. of dust um mm. that uh that kid uh galane i think his name is he passed away at that oh, gfcc yes, yes, and yes, that's yes, got yeah. that's like got a knock-on effect because mm. of that so they they don't want us racing in the winter dusty mm. season so mm that's my that's what i've been told about it so yeah so i haven't seen dalma so (laughs) yeah so for these four months they um we do nothing so Mm. in 2020 there was this four month lull so i've been like in talks with ktm in america like hey i want to come like Mm. you know and they're like all right well you need to come to like some more and then they were like why don't you try some national enduros and and the sprint enduros like Mm. you do it all so so yeah i was like all right cool i don't know how i'm gonna do it so i was trying to find for like a flight sponsor like a guy to sponsor me flight so i could yeah and then when i saw this four month break it was like Mm. the first time they introduced it i was like oh perfect Perfect timing so i got in touch with ktm they have a settler team trail jesters uh ross was super cool he actually helped me with the bike uh, my last time i went there because the bike Mm. i was always using ktm needed to sell and all that Mm -hmm. and um i was gonna yeah race here and then i was gonna go to america for four months race gncc's national enduro sprint enduro and then covid came and i couldn't go and then um yeah, one, you know, like, one day I was on Instagram and um, the Villadoms rally station, so Geordie Villadoms has a roadbook school, mm-hmm. they followed me on Instagram, and I was like, oh, this is cool, yeah, and I yeah. followed it back, and I was looking, and I was like, 
Mm. Cool, cool, cool. And uh, I thought, oh, let me just send a message and, and ask about this road. Yeah, just you know, inquire, like, like, <laughs> like, like, what do you do? And, mm. you know, like, I didn't, I knew Geordie was, the mm-hmm. Philadelphia, he was a rally rider. Yeah. But I didn't know the history that when it was my dad's last two years, it was his first year in the team. So he was kind of like a, uh, yeah, like that, a backup rider a little mm. bit for, for the guys in that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was that Repsol team and the Gulwars team. Yeah, sure, he was yes. on the Repsol team and from uh, what I understand, like they play a little bit sometimes backup or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. there was this connection and I was like, oh, that's yeah, cool. yeah, that's insane. And yeah, yeah I was going to go to this rally school and uh, that's where this like Dakar thing got, mm, you know, mm, and then, mm, and mm, also, I mean, when you, you see Ross and Kenny go, and you racing them, and, and you know something, and you're doing pretty well against them. So, yeah. you know, I got this whole <clears> thinking, and then, um, yeah, well, Jordy phoned my dad one night and said, "Hey, uh, you know, like Brady's been inquiring about the, the rally school. Like, said, does yeah. he want to do rally?" So mm. my dad was like, "Yeah, yeah the, not the it plan. Sounds like, like yeah, you know, yeah. we just wanted, you know, it was, the, was to go to a rally school, see how it all works and everything, mm-hmm. and then go from there." And then he was like, no, like, it'll be really good because it was, like, how old is he? So my dad was like, no, he's 20, I was 22 at the time. Mm. He's like, no, it'll be really good if a young, like, he's young, he gets involved, you know, mm. and I'll work on something. And, yeah, a couple of months later, I got yeah. an email, you know, with this a little bit of, like, a yeah. small proposal, you could say, um, you know, with the boss KTM team and, mm-hmm. and everything. And we, we put this little deal together. And, yes, yes. Yeah, so it's definitely nice. not worked out how the plan went for. I mean, yeah, it should have yeah. been done already three rallies by now. Okay. But because of COVID, visas, all mm. of that, and oh, like shit. how blocked SA is at the moment, well, yeah, was, yeah. it's a little bit better now. Mm. Um, but yeah, now we're on this, this rally journey, and I've done a lot of roadbook stuff here at home. And mm. I'm very fortunate that Ross is extremely helpful. Yeah, right. like, it sounds um, like, like he's tomorrow I'm, I'm yeah. driving up to him, you know, for mm. four or five days, and... Um, I just I love it like mm. I don't know what it is if it's the speed if it's the road book if it's everything about it I just I absolutely love it and mm. circling back to that whole dad thing like I literally always ran away from the shadow and yeah, now I'm literally yeah. stepping foot <laughs> like left foot left foot right foot right foot and, yeah. and it's very cool like I mean it's you know it's he I've got I've, every night at the dinner table mm. I've got a mentor yeah in, exactly in so and that's the coolest thing um, mm. for me, you know, is that we've always been close and everything, like, but this yeah. is now like, you know. Yeah, this is not actually. This yeah. is like, this was his baby, mm. you know, and, and now he's like, oh, his son's taking it on. So, yeah, sure. yeah that's, that's, that's the whole how we in all That's the whole, yeah. Enduro, like, <laughs> just crazy. A national enduro and, and mm. PE um, changed, changed me everything. Yeah. And an off road and a shower. And yeah. that's this, uh, you know, I've definitely. I, I like to think I've I've perfect I've perfected off road. Mm-hmm. Um, enduro I could still be a bit better, but mm-hmm. I can't complain. I've had a brilliant year this year. I'm leading the overall championship and the class. Yes, yes, off road yes. leading overall in class. So Shit, it's yeah. quite a dream year so far. So hopefully, yeah, yeah. fingers crossed, everything <laughs> would, everything yeah. uh, everything goes according to plan. And mm-hmm. and you know that's like yeah, but off roads I think I'm I'm I have like perfected it a little bit. Some some days I could be better, mm-hmm. um, but not every race is perfect. And uh, sure. but yeah, I really. I really enjoyed this this path that I'm on now. 
It it sounds like like I said that no I I just saw a little bit of you like for, like actually first hand experience like in the pits and they like I told you about the maturity but now it, it all makes sense being fifteen year old in a country that hardly speaks English yeah. not even just just like a broken Afrikaans or broken or whatever <laughs> it's like a completely different language and like now you have to be an adult like that's where that all came from yeah. and like being in that short time being actually not even thrown in a deep end like put a weight around you and yeah. thrown in the deep end yeah. that it may I think that like that will shape you as a rider and, and give you that experience because you've now technically been through hard times with that you've dealt with an yeah. injury that took, like basically ended your season and then and like you, you learn that grit at a young age where yeah. it takes some people years to actually uh, oh no yeah 25 26 you get your first big injury it takes you out for half a season yeah. and they don't come back from that yeah. because they've never had that adversity yes it's a struggle in the racing and struggle here but to go through that adversity at a young age is is insane it's really really um like i think that builds you up mentally which is but like why I think you st- like and you're still young at the moment like yeah. you still have a massive yeah. career that's Soon in front of you yeah. left, so, so and, and and especially with the Dakar side and everything now but because you had this thing of what 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 comes through to me as well is like if you're not enjoying it it's doesn't matter how much you're getting paid or you think you're doing what you love what you what you love if you don't enjoy it at the end of the day you're not going to perform yeah. well like look now you in this position yes you're racing here not in europe and that but you love what you're doing and you're performing it's showing through so again to the fact of you can be whomever son and um, if you not enjoy what you're doing and you have the right things behind you and the mental state behind you it doesn't matter like that you're still not going to perform and i think that that that's the part of the career that i think people miss sometimes and and most people that are the son of or the son of this and this and that yeah, I think um, it definitely. I'm I'm super thankful just mm. because of the rider. You know, mm. it's one thing to be a motocross rider. It's it's twenty thirty minute motos. It's intense. Yeah, but you know, off roads is enduros. It's so long. You by yourself a mm. lot. I mean, there's a lot of thinking time. You know, yeah. <laughs> so many things are going on, and I think the coolest thing is like I like to think I'm a very calm headed rider. Mm-hmm. I mean, even like when I have an issue, when I come into the pits, a hot like just pit stops, I hardly talk. I can just yeah. jump off the bike take whatever i need, need goggle and goggle. back on mm. if there's issue i just say hey uh you know coming to dsp like super calm and i yeah. think i'm very thankful that i went through everything i did mm. because i think that's helped out and i think yeah. hopefully i can take that more into rally because there you need to be super, oh yeah no, it's super you know when now. things start going wrong you just need to be all right mm. relax you know and it's the hardest thing i'm going through at the moment now with rally is you know off-road when you overshoot mm. it's just two seconds that you've lost uh, yeah, but yeah. it feels like you've lost a minute yeah. you know and, and rally you know when you make a navigational error oh uh, yeah it's you it, start to get a bit overwhelmed and mm. you just have to you know what stop yeah let me go back okay and a kilometer whatever this is the last thing i know i was right yeah. i need to go back to that yeah get everything and we just retrack and if you lose two three minutes mm. it's better than losing 20 minutes yeah. because you just you, you're rushing everything mm. so yeah i think definitely those those are those life lessons I learned are, are helping a lot now and I mean nothing is, is scripted in life like yeah they, well you saw in, now yeah. life was scripted <laughs> I would yeah, be in a lot different um, but uh, mm. yeah it's it's. Um, I think the coolest thing is just you know I get to do it, what I love as a job mm-hmm. um, yes I work at my dad's dealership also yes. but I mean I'm, I'm more racing than, than anything working else and, yeah. um, I think that's good you know 
they've been pretty hard on me with with you know working because mm. to learn that structure you know okay you need to be at work at eight yes yeah. i get to go off ride in the afternoon mm. but i have i've got responsibilities to do in the week and yeah. as much as some days i absolutely hate it yeah um, <laughs> I can imagine. you know it just yeah. it, i see it, i see it with some of my friends you know mm. they they stop school um you know they they their parents give them two, three years for mm. this racing. They fund yeah. it. Okay, you, you're you going to take the next step now. Mm. It doesn't quite work out. And they go mm. into the real world and they struggle. Like, um, they really struggle. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is it is hard. Yeah, you no. Know, the real world is... Yeah. School, school teachers do nothing for the real world. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I think I'm, I'm very grateful for them and that, you know, sometimes they'll say, oh, it doesn't really show it. But mm. I am very grateful that they, they are quite strict in that way. Um, but, yeah, I get to do what I love for a job. I mean... I wake up at four o'clock to go ride a bicycle. Mm. I'm at work at eight. I work yeah. a couple of hours. I go ride, and I always just think, oh, you know, I'm tired. Oh, I'm just, I'm, and I always think, better than drafting eight to five. Hundred percent. Riding dude, on weekends. Dude, dude, yeah. yeah, like you have a good life. <laughs> yeah. So that's the other thing that I wanted to get into. Like, what do you? Um, do to physically prepare yourself and obviously like uh, any if anyone had that has thrown their leg over a bike and actually spent some laps around a track or this outright like you it's physically enduring like what do you do um, to to prepare physically for that yeah so i was very lucky um at i was 14 and uh, john wakefield um renowned physical trainer actually is the uae cycling team head coach okay so john yeah cycling, mm. cycling background um and he he ran the pelotrain honda team um here in south africa so mm. I was, it was a little bit before my time but mm. it, it once i was getting older it was still there yeah uh, caleb Tennant, flandron was on it um yeah. uh Reynard. um mm. so he was in base in cape town and um it was actually on twitter john i got twitter as mm. a kid yes, and yes. um like a tweeted him or retweeted a couple of his stuff because mm. it was quite good what he put out mm-hmm. and one day he sent me a message and he said hey um do you have a trainer and mm. i said no 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 i'm, I'm 13 you know yeah. like yeah I 13, 14, <laughs> like no i just but yeah. i'd already been you know like i ran on the treadmill i ran mm. off the school like i you mm. know moment like my dad and mom yeah, had really drummed for. in like you know you mm. need to do a little bit of you don't have to do crazy but yeah, 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 a couple yeah, times yeah. a day you need to um, do so john was like all right cool and um he he said, no, I'd, I'd like to be a trainer. So he sent through like an email. Uh, him and my mom had a long conversation. And mm-hmm. you know, John took me under his wing at sure. 14. Yeah, years old. So yeah, I went yeah. to Cape Town for like a bit of a boot camp. Mm-hmm. And that's actually where my nickname Show Pony came from. Yeah. Not because like, <laughs> yes, I do like to always match and look mm-hmm. good. Like, you know, style-wise on the bike. Mm-hmm. But um, we were in the gym and uh, he was like, in his little garage and he, we had gone for like a run in the morning and then we we're doing gym and he was like oh we're gonna do abs and i was like i took my shirt off and i was like oh do you want uh, do you want some cheese to be grated on this thing <laughs> like typical yeah. 14 year old yeah. and he was like yeah okay we'll see and i was crying at yeah. the end like Ooh. literally tears because mm. i was mm-hmm. in so much pain sure. and he was like yeah you're just a show pony yeah. and then, like, he, yeah, he just... started a show pony and then red bull painted it on one of my helmets a couple yeah. years later like show pony and now <laughs> it's like the nickname that's stuck, the thing so, yeah um <laughs> Yeah, and then, uh, so John, John's been a real big um, part of me in, in guiding me, you know, mm. and I've never, I mean, I, I, I like to think I, I'm one of the hardest training guys, mm. and I've never suffered from Epstein Bar. I've never, mm. um, you know, when I say, John, I'm tired, he's like, cool, we change the program, and mm. he just drummed, he put me on a really good program from a kid, so I learned a lot, like, about mm. how it all works in that from a young age, and then yeah. when I did my shoulder, I actually did some 
courses through Science to Sport, okay. um, which is in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. And I learned more, like, you know, on, like, the structure of training, yeah, and how you yeah. do it, like, periodization and all Everything, that. Everything, yeah, yeah. Um, because I was really into it. Uh, I'm just into, like, I, into training, you could say. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And then when I was in Europe, I definitely got hooked on cycling. Yes, yes, like, yes. I mean, I was in yeah, Belgium. Yeah, that was a perfect, was perfect place to go. Cycling, yeah. I got to, the one year the Tour de France came past my place. Um, yeah. I got to go watch that. Oh, nice. So, yeah. I was, I'm like, yeah, people always say, like, mm. well, I say to people, should say is, if I didn't race bikes, I'd try to be a professional cyclist mm. because I just absolutely love it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, pretty much on a bicycle two three times a week i go with groups in the morning road mm. bike mountain bike um got a good group of guys who are good cyclists yes, yes. um off season's a bit different obviously the volume's a lot more because mm-hmm. you, you you know you're packing so i'll ride a couple times in the week i'll cycle almost the whole week um and gym two three times a week whereas mm-hmm. in season a little bit slower down um yeah. everything slows down a lot like yeah, you know yeah, you're yeah, not you're just... not in the gym so much you're not because you're just m- maintaining so mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I, I, I uh, pride myself on my fitness. Mm. Um, definitely a couple of times I've been able to wear people down, especially like off-roads and endurance. Yeah, no, I can imagine. Just yeah. be like strong like that. And, and yeah, I love it. Like mm. um, there's nothing I'll, you know, I always say to my my, my girlfriend when it's yeah. off-season, oh, okay, you know, yeah. three weeks off, do nothing. And it's yeah. like by week one, like yeah. in a week one, I'm like, I'm going to go Itching. for a sport cycle. Yeah, today, yeah, I'm just going to go for something. Like, oh, yeah. Whatever. Um, well, I'm like, oh, I'm going to take two days off. And she's mm. like, mm, and it's like one day. So. Yeah, and then you don't. Um, but yeah, John's mm. been a big part of that. Um, yeah. He's still my trainer now today. We've been mm. eight years or more. Yeah, yeah, so it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, yeah, he's taught me, I can, I, you know, he gives me the program to follow. But I know, like, if mm. I wake up, I'm tired. Like, I don't even have to message him. I just, mm. no, today's an off day. Message yeah. him off day today. Off day like, today. Tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, him living in Spain now with the cycling and that he's quite busy so not always he can get around to me or something and yeah. I know what to do like if it's raining I know Yeah. <laughs> you're going for a run there on mm. the indoor or put it on Zwift like you yeah, know just... you're not going to ride today alright don't run exactly I think yeah. that's a, a big problem with a lot of people they miss days and then mm. they try and catch up those days yes, and you yes, can't yes, do yes. that Yeah, I never, never, and um, it's pretty cool at the moment now because my, my little brother's obviously up and coming mm, mm. Um, yeah I mean he's, he's 12 years old he turns 13 and I'm um, month yeah and he's leading the pro mini title no so uh, following him brothers would say people are gonna say oh he's coming to get you soon and Mm. i'm like i hope so yeah and i I do like i put in a lot of hard work into Mm -hmm. um because i just i know i know like what it's like to achieve and i know how nice that feeling is in and when we he was small he was even here and he started riding four years ago Shit, yeah. you know properly mm. like racing so mm. what he's done in four years is incredible and you know i'm i'm his physical trainer okay. i like to like his manager I tell yeah, him, you know nice, like nice. you know get him some deals here and there and and yeah i mean he's doing it himself he's, he's showing that he's he's one of the best um, yeah. up and comers so yeah. yeah that's cool like i, I learn a lot with him too like i can see all right he's getting tired like yeah we need to back it off here back it off there you learn things with kids like mm-hmm. um and yeah, I think one cool thing with Saifka is the school sport is so, you know, driven into kids mm, and, and 100%, that's yeah, so yeah, good for just, kids. Like yeah, no, when I, you get to just, high school and they mm. say you can choose, you see those kids that don't do school sport mm. and kids that do and those kids are like just in a long, long term, yeah. so much better off. 
Exactly. I think it just it, it teaches you more. It teaches you more than just the physical side of it. It actually teaches you like actually working in a team and respecting a coach and yeah. and and that like team dynamic and being driven to win and stuff like that. I yeah. think that's what everyone misses in that. And yeah. I'm not saying that you, if you're in the autistic side, that you now all of a sudden have to give that up yeah, and stop doing rugby. Yeah, but but uh, I'm just saying that if you if you you your aim is to one day do something like that, then it. it gives you a lot of moments where you get knocked down yeah. and then you have to kind of get up and that and people miss that sometimes yeah and everything's a, a jigsaw puzzle you know mm. yeah, rugby is there's a jigsaw puzzle but there's a lot more pieces because there's 15 guys on a team exactly um, yeah. there's coaches there's, there's you know whatever. I'm not a big rugby guy so there's no, same yeah. coaches, backline <laughs> coaches like whatever physios you know yeah. motocross it's individual and mm. it's all on you like no one else is riding that bike but you. But you, yeah. Um, so there's, you know, you've got, you can have your team, you can have your family, mm. uh, yourself, your equipment you're on, a physical trainer. But yeah. It's, it's a very small jigsaw puzzle compared to a lot of things. And mm-hmm. if you have the right pieces, your recipe yeah. is, is your, your picture, your puzzle piece is going to yeah, be, yeah, yeah, gonna be mm. perfect. And yeah, not every race is going to, I mean, mm. there was my brother today, you know, he fastest in qualifying, won the first moto. Second mm. motor was second, and yeah. Cruiser's in. He's going to extend the points lead. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's going to win the overall. Boom, once more crash. Yeah. He's back a bit. Mm-hmm. Didn't, I mean, he's still, he's still absolutely fine. You know, he's still leading the championship, but yeah. didn't get as many points. You know, like, things happen in a split yeah, second yeah, that exactly. you just out of your control. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, and it's, yeah, I've learned a lot with him, which is very cool. I can imagine. Now, again, to another side of the of, of one of the pieces of the puzzle is you be like a little bit touched on it, like you having Twitter and stuff like that. Now, I know we we moving into a direction of like be, like having a, a brand's name on your bike at the race is not the be all end all. In South Africa, it's still a bit a bit more on that side. But what do you think does social media and that play a role and like? bringing out your personality. I mean, we're starting to see that in the Supercross now. We have guys like Jet Lawrence having a full donut stand at yeah. his, <laughs> and his fans going crazy because yeah. he has this social media following. Now, for you racing professionally and as a career in South Africa, what, what role do you think it plays for an athlete here to develop something like that? It is big. Like, it definitely, like, I, I run all my social media because mm. I'm, I, I have that personality, you mm. know, like a, I love talking to people. I yeah. love interaction. Like, I, I kind of I get it, mm-hmm. and I think because I was born on the cusp of that era, yeah. era, that it came into. So I understand it from it. You know, like mm-hmm. my dad and mom, they yeah. don't understand it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just they. My mom has Instagram. That's that's it. You yeah, know? That's, you don't have Facebook. My dad doesn't have Facebook. My dad mm-hmm. didn't know. He just learned WhatsApp a couple of years ago. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, and and yeah. it's just getting. I mean, mm-hmm. I see it with my. My brother, you know, he's 12, 13. Yeah, mm. I, I, he has Instagram, but mm. I mean, he doesn't really have control, full control. Like he posts and that, but you know, yeah. I'm like keeping an eye on it. Yes, yes, but yes. But what he's, what he is learning now is what I'm learning the same age. Like he's 12, I'm 23 and mm. we're learning the same thing. Same thing about that. And side, it's huge. Yeah. I mean, you, it, they're perfect. Jed yeah. Lawrence, like yeah. he is the next thing exactly in yeah. motocross for the next 10 or so years mm. and purely because of his personality his social media yeah this whole donut thing yes, um, yes, yes. No, and just... people like they they latch onto something and they'll run with it for as long as they can until yeah. it wears out and mm. social media at the moment is, is really that i mean you know i i have it like i have a deal with future life mm-hmm. um, and all i have to do is do one post a month yeah about their product like yes, yes. on social media but mm. 10 10 15 years ago or my dad's time he yeah. wouldn't even got that future life deal 100 because yeah, yeah, yeah. 
there was, wasn't, you know, there was no space on his bike or his yeah, jacket or. <laughs> that, but they don't see the, you know, yeah. oh, Alfie eats future life. Like they don't, mm. you know, they, oh, Alfie eats future life. We've got a future life. But there's, there's yeah. only a select people that are going to see that. Mm. But with us, you know, social media, like, yeah. you know, I've, I've, you know, you've got thousands of people looking at it, which is, it's cool. It's huge. It's, mm. it's scary and like it, it can bite you. And mm. like sometimes mm. I hate it, but you, you've got to run with it and you've Definitely. got to enjoy it at the end of the day. Um, and it's cool. I mean, if you think about it, like everything's instant now. Mm. I mean, back yeah. in the day, to find results for Supercross like two thousand six, two thousand seven, yeah. if you read magazines, you yeah, you kind of got it. Look for the transmoto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, but now it's you can watch it live. Yeah. you can buy packages. You can see it the next day. I mean, um, how cool is it? Mm. Uh, Lawrence or KTM do it, but Lawrence does stories. Mm. Um, yeah, at all our off roads and enduros and. Mm. I mean, I don't know what KTM Cypher has, about like 25,000 followers. Something like Those that, people yeah. get to see what's happening on that Saturday yeah. at that race. Oh, okay. Uh, they've gone off for time trial. Cool. Yeah. Um, you know, Brad, Sharon, and Jared have qualified all in the top five. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, lap one, this is what's going down. Lap mm. two, this is what's going down. Like, yeah. I get to Monday, customers yeah. come into my dad's shop, and they're like, hey, good job. Yeah. You know, it's like, like, what's going on? Like, like, how do you oh, know? Yeah. Cool, thanks, man. He's yeah. like, yeah, I saw it on the Instagram. You're like, oh, okay, cool. But yeah. You know, even five years ago, there wasn't that. Yeah, like people are like, how do it's you go? Still, and you got to yeah. run through the whole race. But that's the really cool thing now. I mm. mean, yeah, it's, but it is it is scary in the mm. same. It, it can, it's a good thing, it's a bad thing, yeah. but it's more good than bad at the moment. Yeah, because, so so for instance, now at the Kalahari Rally, um, I went there with Sharon yes. and then um, I said to him, dude, let me just show you what the value of that can be. And like, for instance, him just posting, like we did a simple thing, video at the start of the race, if we caught him at the refueling, video at the refueling, and a video at the end of the day, and we did a post with these overall results, and his social media grew by 600% of seven days of just updating people. And people got so emotionally invested, like if we didn't post midday because we didn't have signal, eventually like people DMing him and like, hey, how are you doing? Well, that's how I followed him. Yeah, I was waiting for his stories. Exactly. So I just like okay, yeah, I can go on the live tracking and all that. And, and, yeah, and but now, it was like literally, you know, mm. we had a we had a WhatsApp we have a WhatsApp group. Um, yes, yes, yes. And uh, it's myself, Sharon, Ross, and two or three other guys. Mm. And literally, someone would be like, "How's Sharon doing?" And you're mm. like, "Before he's oh, Ch- or like Sharon, how yeah. are you going?" And then yeah. like I could reply and be like, "Oh no, he's all good." Like X, yeah, it's, it's a yeah. Instagram story. You know? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. That is like really yeah, it's yeah. it's cool. And like I'm I'm looking like for Daco, you know. Mm. And, there's so much going on and like I don't want to be I don't want to be like mm. now I have to invest an hour every day on your phone yes so I'm no, looking at that imagine. avenue like okay yeah. how can I do it who can who mm. can do it for me and all that you know because it's that interaction yeah. you know they, they feel like they're part of you every Hunt. day that's that's and, the thing yeah. and especially for me like there's obviously there's a big uh, light on me because mm, mm. because of my dad like father son thing yeah, you know, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Deco now or if he was a Deco guy yes, yes 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 but, um, yeah, people, like, they literally do the deco. I mean, that, that James Alexander guy yeah, from uh, Botswana who did it yeah, last yeah. year. I mean, everyone knew his story. But yeah, you know, because he saw... That went completely crazy because yeah. he just, you know, and there's that lady, uh, Stephanie. Yeah, the SA deco. Uh, yeah, was, she yeah. does a fantastic job. Mm. So, you know, people are just, like, they get emotionally They're connected hungry about to your, it, yeah. You know, and, like, you can get home, like I said earlier, from a race. And the Oak knows everything about your race. Exactly. We we saw that now because there was the this one um, lady that was riding there from Holland. She said yes. she she came to South Africa and she wanted to come and ride. And she looked Kalahari Rally and she found five photos randomly of the rally. Like, there's no social media pages. Yeah. It's like... 
Okay, what are you guys doing here? Okay, she's a, she's a YouTuber and that she rides. Boots? Yes, yeah. yeah I heard about it. And and she was like, why aren't you guys using social media yeah. here? And I think she was one of the influencers because one of the organizers started a page, yes. and then they started posting and stuff. And I see they still posting some of the stuff. And I'm like, I think South Africa is a little bit behind. And if we pay attention to the to the US guys and the European guys and that, we can slowly but surely get that yeah. in. I mean, how many of the Supercross guys, because okay, I follow most of them quite closely, all started YouTube channels yeah. now. Like, like, Vlog life is big at the Vlog moment. Vlog life is massive. Yeah. And, and I'm seeing that even from my side. I mean, like, I make a vlog of going to the uh, Maridol rally yeah. and we do like a little bit of GoPro vlog and simple, nothing major is yeah. happening or whatever. And, and we get... 2000 views and yeah. okay, our channel's not that big or anything and it's not massive views but just saying like someone for not even me racing just me going taking photos and gets that amount of views well how many more like experienced people are on social media and they're watching 13 year olds dance on tiktok yeah. where they can actually follow their sport and their passion and stop yeah. watching the not stop watching the u.s guys or the european guys but actually support their local yeah guys. like i started i started vlogging beginning mm. of the year yes like all the races yeah. and it, like it gets a bit much because mm. yeah, you, you have to i'm race trying to race all that. like all of that oh, so i don't 100%. want people to think oh he's worried about vlogging and not racing like you yeah. get to that stage and yeah. also always trying to like if if pat's not at the race or my mm. girlfriend's not at the race like i don't have anyone to film or yes. anything you know so that's yeah, a little yeah. bit difficult yeah, yeah. um but just the interaction from that was getting like people were like oh like, yeah dude i started like cool. i said bro subscribe to yeah, this this is gonna be yeah, insane like, we're gonna yeah. follow him to through yeah, anything so yeah. i definitely like yo like i've got some plans and i like i love that type i love Mm. video production like photo like i love that type of stuff yeah, not yeah. so much i want to do it but mm. like the vlog stuff and like i edit yeah. all my own stuff like, yeah, that's cool yeah. you know that whole process and and the people like i've realized it can it doesn't have to be you know you want it to be perfect oh yeah it's it can the be, guy yeah. watching he doesn't care he just mm. wants to see what you're doing how the race went 100 percent, dude 100%, and uh, yeah. i mean like dakar for instance mm. the tracking on dakar uh, on dakar and like how you do it so i just want to put on a light maybe and yeah. like, oh, it's getting super there we go um, oh, it looks better yeah. I can see your face again <laughs> like like Deco like how the, the the tracking and everything is is crazy at the, yeah. like, because I mean we remember with my dad mm. the first few were nothing he'd have a mm. satellite phone phone mm. my mom at the end of every stage yeah. he didn't well he didn't have a satellite phone because mm. he couldn't buy one he didn't afford one yeah, so he used expensive. to borrow Hans yeah. Kinney Gardeners mm. phone my mom all good yeah. like going on the liaison yeah. then maybe get to the team truck get on the satellite phone there, phone, mm. tell the yeah. day. My mom would then phone a journalist guy, a mm-hmm. friend of ours. Uh, he would write and then put out the story oh, for the whatever it was then, yes. newspaper, I guess, yeah. or, or yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Daily Magazine or something. Built Motorsport. <laughs> something like that. So that's, yeah. and now, and then it got into tracking. And then mm. it, I remember it was different. So you could go and like you went, okay, Alfie mm. Cox. Yes. You chose him and then you maybe chose like some other guy, like Fabrizio Mioni mm. was a good friend of ours. Um, yeah, like all his teammates, mm. and then you put them all in different colors, and yeah. then you it was a line, and you watched like, them, like, like, like okay. and they would stay still for half an hour, yeah. and your heart would stop because it has a move for now half yeah. an hour. You keep having to refresh, and, yes, yes, and yes. I mean now it's like instant. Yeah, like, yeah, you can, if you, you get there and you're like, why is it not up? You know, yeah, yeah, what's going on? Yeah, something else is wrong. It really is crazy the way that's all going.
And now that's uh, but I'm I'm glad that that like people are actually starting to see the value in that and adding that because like I said that is how we tell our stories like yeah. we have our journalists and they're doing a good job but I think like if each athlete to take that in their own and and stuff like if more people would vlog their story I had a discussion now um, before I came here with um, an athlete he's trying to run a sub ten second hundred meters yeah. and I said to him dude like you, like you don't know how many people you would affect if you actually like document the journey because his thing is like oh i want to start posting after i've beaten i've done the 10 seconds i said dude yeah, no sure. document that journey imagine like if you had a um like started filming your like your whole journey through europe and all that like dude that is prime that's that's stuff you make a netflix documentary yeah. out of like really yeah. you don't have to go like that's the type of story you can tell through that and the more and more people are starting to start ugh, seeing the value in that, which is which is phenomenal. Exactly, and it just means we 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 don't have to watch DSTV. Like you can actually go and support your athletes, and we can support local people because you subscribe to uh, Justin Barsha's channel and you watch Jed Lawrence and yeah. you do this and this. But if you can actually start doing the local guys. And that would be that would be phenomenal because yeah, I, I keep on telling people like you're a professional racer at 23, like that's that like the percentage of people that do that in South Africa, even even in the world, like you're a lead group of people, and that would be a cool story to tell to going forward. That's why. I'm, I'm so excited. Like when Sharon asked me to go to the rally, I'm saying, dude, this is such a cool experience. And he said, well, you guys are training in Bath soon. And I said, yeah. dude, like, if you're ready, come with. Like, dude, come, come and yeah. help document this journey and stuff like that. It is a road to Dakar. Yeah. And um, but now elaborating more on your road to Dakar, like you said, okay, obviously COVID has prevented you from racing and rallies and yeah. stuff like that. What is the next step now that you going in that direction? So my next steps now. Um we race the national enduro next weekend, okay. um, and yeah, oh, it's the final round, so hopefully mm. I'll wrap up the title mm -hmm. and everything. And then on the Monday, I fly to Spain. Okay. I'm in Spain for a week and a half or mm -hmm. two weeks mm -hmm. um, at the Villadoms Training School, um, and then my team, Bars KTM. Mm -hmm. So Bars KTM is the they're a normal package. Like if you wanted to go to Dakar, yeah. you get a hold of Bart. Mm. You say, "Hey Bart, uh, I want to do Dakar." He says, yeah. "Cool." But he is the B team of KTM. So okay. what happens is KTM have got one or two spots in his team mm -hmm. and they put a rider there. So it started yeah. with Ross. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and basically you just get a little bit better support. You're still paying. Yeah. Like you're still paying and everything. Mm -hmm. But you get a bit of better support. You get some factory help. Um, okay. They just, they keep an eye on you. You know, yes. you're like, you like know, yeah, he, he's yeah. there. You know? He we starts performing. Yeah, you know, we give like, yeah. like a little bit of the, we give like a sweet exactly. and then yeah, you can go yeah. to like a fizzer, a fizzer <laughs> to like full course meal, hopefully. But yeah. so he's got one or two spots. So it started with Ross. Ross had it for two years mm -hmm. um, and then went to Skylar House. Oh, and yeah. I've been lucky enough to get this route. So, yes. so it's, you like got this B team ride for KTM. Mm -hmm. So obviously it entails a whole bunch of stuff, you know. Um, yeah. You know, maybe I have to, you know, be a water pack rider or whatever. But yeah. I don't know the details on all that. That's still to come. So yeah. I go to Geordie. Um, Bart comes there. The the, the boss team comes there. Mm -hmm. uh, we do some testing with WP. Okay. Um, we were supposed to. Yeah, okay, I'll get more into it now. But um, so we were supposed to do um, a week there and then a week in Morocco okay. before the rally. Yeah. So now I'll be there for a week doing road books with Jordy and Jordy's like the wizard with road books. So, okay. you know, just little inside stuff. There's little tricks that make your life so much easier yeah, with that, with that yeah. road book. Um, especially when you first start, like it's so mm. overwhelming. Yeah, I know. No, no, um, exactly. So a little bit of testing with WP, um, 
and then um, we were going to Morocco mm-hmm. for a week. Uh, some road books in Morocco, testing in Morocco because yeah. that's the that's a terrain we race. Yeah, and yeah, then Rally Du Maroc, which okay. is the eighth of October till the thirteenth. Yes, yes, yes. So, yes. but now I don't know what's happened with Morocco, but we have to be chartered, flighted in. Okay. We have to land on this day, so that's been a little bit paused mm-hmm. so that moroccan thing is not happy so everything's going to happen in spain yeah and then we go to morocco i race ready to morocco mm-hmm. um yeah i mean every day just learn you know racing environment with rally you know figure it all out yeah, um, yeah. a little bit of testing along the way but for me it's it's you know every day is learning okay. every day i'm on that bike mm. there's no goal there's no goal of trying to be you know, if mm. if I start with some good guys, uh, just take whatever. If I start mm. a little bit further back, I yeah. take you know, just learn. Every day is learning. So, yeah, exactly. um, then it gets a bit complicated. Then I fly straight back. I mm. land on a Friday. We race the last national off road yeah. Virginia trails <laughs> on the Saturday. Um, then that's wrapped up. Then, um, yeah, I think the plan is then to go to Namibia with mm. Ross, um, and then maybe go back to Geordie and in Spain. You know, yeah. for some more stuff. Um, and then the, you know, but we have it really good yeah, like with Botswana and, and mm. you know, Ross got a lot of uh, road books here. Yeah, uh, he's, he's got Yamaha's a lot of Yamaha's got helped him a lot. We have got they've got a road book guy and he makes road books for Ross. So mm. um yeah, we got quite a few. So the plan is um Geordie, Morocco, home sure. and Namibia trip, a couple of bots trips and yeah. uh, maybe back to Geordie mm-hmm. and then before we know it we're gonna be at Dakar. Yeah, yeah, that's the end of the year's just yeah. <laughs> the dream's gonna become a reality and nice. uh, it up for 12 days <laughs> but yeah well that's i think that's the the cool part is i think that's the part that people don't see you're just saying like yeah if i want to go to dakar i can just phone them and like hey but yeah, no, it's, it's not like that <laughs> no, like, yeah. like uh, just seeing like now at the kalari seeing that road books and the instructions and stuff like that and looking at that and then and then you're doing like whatever speeds on the bike over dunes this and this and that there's lurkers everywhere it's all terrain and then you have to navigate and stuff like that i've seen like that the one photo point I remember the guy can see me. So technically, if 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 okay, he shouldn't follow where the photographer yeah. is standing, but he should he should stay, like follow his roadbook. But he should just kind of like and then come past because I'm standing in the corner, and he goes and he stops, looks at his roadbook, turns left and blocks into the. You can hear the trees breaking. I'm like, dude, like just somewhere you're going wrong. You yeah. can hear the trees breaking, and he stops. Like, I think he fell down because he hit something yeah, or whatever. Right, right. Came back down, see half of his fender missing on the side and everything. Like, okay, cool, get back on it. And he goes back. So just, I think, being prepared for that and, and your career of racing and then racing the off-roads and everything and then now just adding the navigation to it, I think, just makes you a lot more comfortable in that environment and yeah. like you've been thrown into the deep end so many times this yeah. is just okay this is how life is i get thrown into the deep end and yeah. i learn to swim and i make this, it out yeah i think you know the, the best advice my dad gave me is mm-hmm. and and ross also i'll touch on what he said but my dad said you know every decker i was the one of the fastest guys mm. but it was just the navigation mm. that and you know like I mean, I've got a lot more preparation than what, I mean, he just arrived and, and did Dakar. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, like, it's not the fastest guy. You just, yeah. you have to, it's luck. It's a mm. lot of luck involved, mm. but it's, um, it's that navigation is so important. And mm. Ross also said, you know, we're so lucky that we race at such high speeds, whereas mm. Europeans, they're not really used to that yeah. high speed that we, we, you know, it's such an open area. Um, mm. And therefore, you know, like Ross said, he said, you know, you, myself, Kenny, uh, Charon, mm. anyone from South Africa, 
We can yeah. get onto Dakar, and if it was flat tap race like yeah. we did, <laughs> yeah. we could win it. Yeah. Like one of us could win because we're so accustomed to going mm. those speeds. Yeah. But the navigation yes, is yes, what yes, is yes. so important. Yeah, doing and that at that speed. Is, exactly, and yeah. so that's why, like, my focus is I'm not worried about my speed. I'm not worried about yeah. my ride. Like I know I can, I can ride the bike. I know yeah. that I'm fine. Mm. It, it's to make sure make that sure. I'm so confident on that and. KTM said this, like Jordy said this to me when we first started this rally talk, and he just yeah. said, you 23 now, we want to make you uh, 23 years old mm-hmm. with a head of a 30-year-old. Okay, instead yeah. of, well, and then you have 10, 15 years of rallying in Korea, mm. instead of starting rally at 30 yeah. and having five, mm. you know, or, or so, I mean, you can go a lot longer in rally, yeah, you know, yeah. you're lucky like that, but... Yes that's you know and, and you see it it's it's happening in all sports i mean mm. rally the age is getting um, to the france the last three years have been won by people under the age of 23 Shit, yeah, you know yeah. um with egan bernard uh today you know today Podzikar, P- Pagetcha, yeah. Ivy, okay. <laughs> i mean he was 21 22 years old winning mm. the tour de france which yeah. is a race that people are like no you know uh, mm. older athlete killing. I mean, mm. Ironmans are getting younger and younger. 100%. No, so definitely. across yeah. all these marathons, or yeah, marathon extreme, whatever you want to call them, sports, yeah. um, that the age is getting younger and younger because the technology and the mm. science is allowing for these young people to, you know, be older in maturity, yes. in mind, in, in way they... Yeah, they going ride. to Belgium at 15 and living in your own. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that will help you. <laughs> washing machine trying to figure it out in like, German hopefully I remember that out yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Um, I can tell people though that I ate a lot of salmon and a chicken yeah. in my first attempt <laughs> and you'll be fine like it's, it's really fine for the stomach yeah yeah. Um, yeah I YouTubed how to make a bed um, yeah I just you That's know insane, like, when yeah. I was I very forget my mom was like you know maybe you should like watch me in the kitchen or mm, like, when the, when like, the washing machine like, nah I got this so yeah right there it's, everything's in German oh like, shit yeah, that as well I did, a, I did a once a white clothes and I had something red in there mm. everything red, red like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah so hopefully those lessons do pay off Definitely, but yeah this yeah. rally thing it's, it's, mm. it's a big thing to take on and and, you know it, yeah it's but it's something i want to do I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm dead set on it so yeah hopefully it works out but you know we just see every day is a learning day definitely you yeah. know every, every oh, day Dakar. every day yeah. is a learning day whether i'm 100th whether i'm 10th whether yeah. i'm 25th i'm there to learn yeah. um just can't i gotta just stop myself from getting caught up in the motion yes that so i think the the thing is like you've now experienced in your 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 career so far that how different things can uh, can change up you having been set in racing mxgps and going in that direction and then all of a sudden you end up doing this try uh, try sport in the in the same thing ending up here so who says like this might be another big learning curve for something else like tomorrow like in five three years time here you're going to supercross racing yeah, in the u.s maybe, like whoever maybe. but 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 that's not the thing and i think your your approach to it is good because you get so many guys like yeah i'm gonna go to dakar and do this and this and this i'm gonna like and even speaking to Charon, like he said dude i'm just there to to, to to learn as much as i can from off the bat and like i think that's a very very good mindset to have because it keeps you cool calm and collected because I, I, I experienced it now at the Kalari rally where you get get uh, guys there and they're like emotional and they're hyped up they're out of breath because they're unfit and they can't read the road book they're lost yeah. and you see them physically panicking on the bike they can see where the people are where they need to ride to and they're just getting panicking and like they're in their head it's 
they like those are all people that have riding bikes for years and they know exactly how to ride a bike it's not that problem it's just that the mental thing that's 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 that toughness on that side yeah and your mind can play games with you like yeah yeah you alone in the desert between dunes i think if you like look look around you and you're you're doing 180 on the bike flying there through like there's no one around you it can get kind of scary that looked like the dune i was supposed to turn like my best story so i get to ross first time i do a road book Mm was by Ross like, mm. a couple of months ago and uh, he takes me to like the starting point and he's like, all right, like you go. So we set a couple guys in front of us. He's mm-hmm. like, you go and you just go. I'm going to come behind yeah. and if I catch you, like, I ca- like don't just worry about you. I was like, mm. sweet. Yeah. So I take off. It's like typical bots, like Jeep yeah. track. Like, and I'm mm. like, get to like seven Ks. I'm like, this shit's easy. Yeah, I was like, what I'm are you guys talking about? Yeah. <laughs> on the money, on the money. Like there's a couple sharp turns. I was like, boom, cap hitting this sweet. I'm like, oh, I got this. Yeah. Hauling like flat out. Yeah. And um, came into like this little open area and there were trees and I was like, all right, cool. Uh, I've got to turn like pretty soon. Mm. There's going to be a dry riverbed. Like it was left and wadi. And yeah. I was like, oh, and I was like, mm. yeah. I'm going and then like like I don't know I must have like I got a little bit caught up but there were some houses just after where I was supposed to and then like I looked and there was houses and then there was like a, a road and I was like hmm and I stopped there and I was I like scrolled and I was like yeah no houses yeah <laughs> slowly back oh, see nice. oh there it is like yeah. and because that's like the picture is. You know, the picture is so simple. You're mm. going to turn left, there's going to be this dry riverbed. Yeah. They don't say the dry riverbed is like literally four meters wide and there's yeah. a row of trees blocking it from the road. Like yeah. you've literally got to look at like kilometer 10 or whatever mm-hmm. and be like, now I'm turning, you yes, know. Yes, and yes. Um, yeah, Ross, like I'm coming this way, Ross, and I can just, you know, he's got such a good laugh. Love, like, yeah. <laughs> everyone knows Ross's laugh and he's just at the top of his voice laughing uh, and he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> welcome to Rally. Yeah, and um, yeah, like there's just, there's sometimes like, I'll be going and I know I'm right mm. and I'm looking and I'm like, but I could be wrong, mm, mm, mm. you know, and then like something like you, you just go with your gut, you know, yeah. like that thing, go with your gut and you're like, okay, I need to go right here, mm. but maybe I need to go right there yeah. like that. And like, there's those things that really mm. like play with your mind. Um, but yeah, there's, there's no better feeling. Like I phoned my dad that night and I was yeah. like, there's no better feeling when you're going at a, a good speed, yeah. nailing everything. Yeah. And it's like a little bit tricky and you're nailing it and you're just like, and you, it's like, mm. I don't know, it's like this unreal, like a feeling I've never experienced. Mm. Because I think it's just like, you, you're kind of like riding with the map, you know, it must, yeah. be, like, it must mm. be like walking through whatever with the map, trying map, to find like find treasure everywhere. And yeah. you're like, got it, got it, got it, got, got it. Okay, it. I'm going to, yeah. so that's, that's really like, that feeling is, is very cool. And, and not like, yeah, I'm driving up to Botswana tomorrow for five days and I'm just so excited to, mm. to just learn more, you know, mess up, correct myself, yeah. you know, just learn from mistakes and, and exactly. hopefully more good than, than bad. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No, but I think that's the cool thing now. You've got the right mindset about it. You're going to go there to learn and you're not punishing yourself for the mistakes that you're making. Yeah. You're going like so many people that I've seen, like they're so scared to make a mistake that they like rather not try. They, like, they, they're going to go like now there's competition. Now there's this and eyes on me. Like, yeah. I'm rather going to pull out. No, no, yeah. this is way too much for me. Let's, I need another year to prepare. And then you just going for it, which yeah. is, I think the best way, like you've lived your whole life like this now and you're only 23 and you've really like delved into the deep end and go for it and like learned all this. So I think 
uh, you've got a very bright future ahead of you and um, yeah like whatever if you tomorrow decide to go professional cycling I think you're going to excel in that as well because it's <laughs> a mindset so. thing no but uh, I, but, I yeah, really no, think I, I, yeah, I know what you mean if you, if you decide to go in normal car racing as well yeah. I think it's a, and that's the thing that I've noticed with like everyone like I haven't met um, Jared yet but I, like with, with Sharon and that is that mindset of yes being cool calm and collected but being driven to take that win like it, yeah. It doesn't matter. Like he could have told me the how many times this weekend after at the rally, like um, he doesn't want to win. He just want to focus on this and this. But there's still that. Yeah, okay, no, I want to beat. I want to win. The, like that little. Like, dra- yeah. yeah, it's like little. Yeah, and yeah, they, that's like, like one of the first uh, first bike race start when they made the second one. It's like that's hundred yeah, yeah, percent yeah. the thing. As soon as you see the guy, like uh, there, there was this one on the on the one pan in Grootmeer, like. On the on the pan, just going flat out, like five guys starting out. No one went for the waypoint. It was like this is a drag race now, boys. <laughs> like, we're just going flat out forward, oh. seeing who's beating the who's beating who. And like, okay, yeah, that's racing. The boys, yeah, like, you can see, like, like, like yeah, that's that's a part of the process, though, that competitive edge, and mm. and you know, like like I was saying earlier, where you know, with the navigation, that you don't want to mm. you don't want to stop, like you mm. you don't want to yeah break you that don't flow, give that time up, you know, yeah. but. It's, um, you know, like Ross said to me, he's like, the stage I won in mm. 2019, he's mm. like, I stopped six or seven times mm. and looked at the road book for yeah. at least 45 seconds to sure, a minute, yeah. made sure I was right and went. And, yeah. you know, but just to wrap your head around that, mm. like, it's crazy when you, yeah. like I said, you just overshoot one corner and you think you've lost a minute, which yeah. lost like two seconds. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, this it's it's a completely different learning yeah. learning thing, which, which is cool. and. I just yeah, I wish more people yeah. uh, would be able to experience you know the Dakar and, and everything that gets taken on but exactly. yeah, I'm, I'm excited I mean mm. like I hope it goes how it should but yeah. you know if it doesn't oh well we'll just uh, just go take we'll it take, yeah. you'll take the knock and carry on but mm. um, yeah just can't get ahead of myself stay cool calm mm. and uh, learn area just remind myself learn, learn you're here to learn day. you're here to learn you're not yeah. you're not here to do anything you know and yeah just, just another guy, yeah. like you're just another yeah. guy on the start line, and <laughs> mm, there's yeah. how many like, bike is like 150. We all need to have a good time yeah. through the Saudi desert, and exactly. But yeah. uh, no, I'm really excited for Morocco. That's like, mm, yeah. it's like my first time on the proper rally bike. Mm-hmm. Um, I've ridden obviously a couple here, and they, yes, I yes, love yes. them. Like they're just the beasts. And, yeah, no, no. Um, yeah, it, um, yeah, I just kind of it's been coming and coming, and you know you talk about it and you fundraise and yes, you yes, know people yes. help you out and which. Yeah, I must say, like, the people of South Africa have been unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I cannot thank them enough. And, and, yeah, they really just, it's just very cool to see people believe in you and, and they back your dream, you know? Yes, and, yes, and, yes. Yeah, so, you know, the fundraising and there's, like, all this happens and there's so much going on and it's, like, you know, the invoices come and you've got to pay yeah. them and it's a big amount. Yeah, there's massive and, amounts. Um, yeah, like, Morocco's coming soon now and just to finally, okay, you know, they me off for that first prologue it's like yeah. oh, we're here you know go for it yeah uh, so so if you had to give advice to like say someone listening now and uh, their aspirations might be to be like a, like a professional racer or just what would your advice be to someone like that like what would your say i'm not riding bikes i want to get into riding bikes and my goal is to one day end up that side what would your advice be for someone like that yeah, i mean obviously the younger you are the better like you mm-hmm. know um do it yeah if you if you if you have a kid and you think oh like this race it's it's so it's got so many benefits like 
we, we say it in the shop, like mm. when a customer comes in and buys a bike and they're like, um, oh, it's expensive and then yeah. we like for their kid and we're yeah. like cheaper than rehab because <laughs> you know that the kids, you know, yeah. if you start him racing like Friday nights, he's yeah. going to be in bed packing his bag ready yeah. for racing the next Saturday. You know, he's not going to be at Jaws. Uh, he's going to be like training hopefully a little yeah. bit, you know, or, or you, um, you know, person who wants to get into it. Yeah. Um, it's such a family thing. Like, your mom do, comes, your dad comes, your aunt comes, someone's yeah. making sandwiches, someone's handing you a bottle. Mm. It's such a family thing. And mm. yes, it can, it can, like, it's not uh, guaranteed that it won't turn ugly, mm. but it is really a, such a family thing. I mean, you know, it's, it's a, it starts yeah. off as a family and, and you can just go from there. Yeah. Um, have fun. If you're mm. not having fun, then don't do it. Like, mm. you know, if, if you're not having fun, then change it or, you know, and, and, just yeah like take everything in mm. it's 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 so much going on when you're out of bike it yeah. benefits you in so many ways like going back like with kids like coordination ball skills uh strength yeah. um you know hand, like just the balance in general i mean to ride a motorbike yeah, yeah you have not, to. <laughs> not everyone can do it like mm. you know and not everyone gets that opportunity but yeah. it's the coolest thing and Yes, there's a select few that make it, mm-hmm. and that's cool. But there's also a lot of people that can ride them well. Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, they really like, you know, even if it's you, you forty, your dad's sixty or, mm. or seventy. Yeah. Um, you get two adventure bikes. Yeah. You know, like imagine playing a trip with your dad from, well, let's say you live in KZN because it's yeah. the best. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you go KZN Underberg, stay in yeah. Underberg, Underberg through the upsiding pass through Lesotho, stay yeah. a night somewhere in Lesotho, mm. come out like you do a three day trip with your dad. Yeah, perfect. The best things you'll ever remember. Mm. So, I think, yeah, it's it it really got so many benefits and mm. for kids like the whole you know just keeps you out of trouble or mischief mm. and, you know and then, you know you're growing up and you ride bikes like. Yeah chicks dig it yeah,ゲーム、なんか、ゲーム、なんか、ゲーム、なんか、ゲーム、なんか、ゲーム、なんか、ゲーム、なんか、ゲーム、なんか、ゲーム、なんか、ゲーム、なんか、ゲーム、
because like I know there's no way in hell that like okay I'm like very average at riding bike and that and I don't know I sold my bike to buy a new camera now but like I'm <laughs> gonna buy uh, um, uh, uh, buy a new bike at the end of the year and that there's no way that I'm gonna ever race a factory fa- for a factory team um, be in, in, lo- in local racing but I'm gonna do it for the fun of it yeah. because um, like when I go and uh, me and my girlfriend we go to the track like she's like more wants to go more to the track than I want yeah. to go to the track and that, that's the thing of you get there you pull up the van you put up the gazebo you have there your expectation is not to go yes okay th- th- there's a difference between I'm lining on the on the thing and you lining up you want to win a championship and that but if your goal is to win championships and be a sponsored rider from the get go then you're never going to get yeah. there because it has to be fun for, for you it's like that's why I'll never not want to have a bike because it's fun for me. Like yeah. I remember some of the best times. Like okay, my dad was more into uh, off-road racing, four-wheel racing, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But there was no better time. Like just going to the track and watching that, and going to the motocross here, and going to the yeah. track and sitting there with my dad watching the sport and stuff like that. Even that from that side, being a, a spectator side, is, is 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 it was phenomenal and stuff like that. And when people see that, it's a nice day out. You're out in nature. Ninety percent of the tracks, all of the tracks here, is is out of the city. Mm-hmm. So you get a bit more exposure and stuff like that. And like, come on, like, a, a, I get goosebumps just thinking of a row of 450s or 250s or whatever lining up on a, and hitting a, like that the last year in uh, GXCC yeah. race national, like the, the, the start there. Like, the yeah, the I'm getting goosebumps yeah. now. Like just thinking of like all those bikes revving and fucking going for it. Like yeah. that's what, what drives us as like, even me as uh, not racing in that aspect. Like me just thinking, I told my, my girlfriend now, I can't wait to get my bike. I just want to put my sticker yeah. kit on, put my helmet on and just go and race. Um, and you know, like, like that that GXCC thing, it's it's you know it's at KZN at KZN Racing, yeah. but GXCC is the biggest. So I mean, there's three hundred and fifty people there. Yeah. There's people on fifties to four fifties to quads. Yeah. Um, you know they all in like they all pretty much ride the same track. Mm. You know, obviously kids are shorter in that, but yeah. the pits is as long because you've got yeah. mom, dad, grand, <laughs> everyone, is everyone there. coming to watch. Yeah. Um. You've got your mates next to you. Mm. There's little bits going on in exactly, there, you know, yeah, and like yeah. whatever. Like there's everyone. Everyone's out there, and and yeah. everyone is having a good time. Then you get the little kids that bring their friends. Yeah, the friends are like, "This exactly. is cool." Yeah, you know. Like, how do I do that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, um, you know, like it's you always see it. Like I always, you know, the kids come around. Like obviously, mm. when it's a national, you know, we've got our tents. At, you know, KTM obviously put up a really nice. Yeah, a little mansion there with with everything the forty tents that we have up, yeah. you know, and and you know that, and it's a little bit of a shame like we put up those walls because obviously we want our privacy and all yeah. that in the back, but you know you come out and you see the little kids and then you like yeah. say what's up to them and you just see their like their little faces light like, up, up because yeah. you know to you you like you're a bit of a figure, and and then to them you know mm. and you, you like the first thing like, I always like tell is like you need to ask them like yeah. how is your race or how you you know because yeah. like for them. That'll be the biggest impact yeah, for them. Exactly, and yeah. they'll just be so stoked. And then, you know, it like creates that whole little, mm. you know, oh, they, they watched you that weekend or, you know, they yeah. watched, you know, whoever it can be. And that, like, it just, it 
bron- it's like a tree and it's yeah. just got a million branches and 100%. just branches 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 but the, the thing is yeah. like you you see the kids on their little push bikes there like also like running up down the side of the pits because they like they're also in the race and that because and that starts that's where that bug usually like like i think that's the same thing my mom and them like they took me to the off-road races when i was still in like like a baby yeah. putting headphones on my head earplugs in because the sound was way too loud for you and then you there and you get that excitement and that's and if i think if you go through and you meet a bunch of assholes in the sport, then like people that are like, oh, you keep to you and I'm, yeah, the, I'm yeah. the racer, like you're yeah. the fan, you stay there, then it's a completely different thing. And just having that mentality of sharing your knowledge and asking the people how they're doing. And that, uh, like, again, okay, I mentioned the color really again, but there was a few kids that came up to Sharon there and then he had those poster things yes, that you guys yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he gave them and he said, like, what's your name? And like these, like they go yeah. and they get more more friends and come back, this guy's doing this. Like everyone gets so excited. And a moment like that will live on forever. And that like yeah. that kid is going to go home and put that up against his wall and he's going to look at that every time. And he's like, one day I'll also want to race this. And if you're an asshole of an ambassador of this, sport then it's going to shine through and then it's going to instead of making the pie bigger and everyone being able to one day have let's say south africa have 10 guys going to dakar they might only be at eventually one guy going to dakar because like the sport has fallen to such an extent and luckily we've seen exact opposite mm. the people in the pits are friendly like um, at the end of the race you see the kawasaki guys coming in the ktm guys yeah, coming in husky and everyone like hey congrats congrats and yeah there's a bit of oh, shit, some second in that or our team came second and that there's always going to be that and if, if there's not that competitive nature it wouldn't be racing but it's still a thing of well done you're doing something good for the sport and you putting it out there and getting brands aware of hey we've got a shit ton of talent in South Africa like they might not be um, the funding for these kids but if a brand would come into the sport and sponsor a privateer team who knows that could be the next Alfie Cox that goes and be, becomes a South African legend and, 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 and goes on that route and next time you see lining up oh shit this is a kid riding a privateer like a beaten out why is two stroke and now all of a sudden he's challenging me at Dakar yeah. like that could happen yeah, definitely but can. but that's not the thing like I think the the sport is like slow it's gonna take a while it's it's not a thing of it's overnight it's gonna change and we're gonna have millions yeah. of rands in the sport but I think at the trajectory we're going now, even on the four-wheel side, um, I remember like how many times would we think of oh, this South Africans, we knew Geniel de Villiers is there, but now there's Red Line, the motorsport is sending guys over, the yeah. CR6 teams, they, they're going, there's nine of their cars going through, so South Africa is like a force going there. Now we just need the companies to back people like yourself yeah. and because like you said it now like it's not cheap to go and race a Dakar like even yeah. if I went through as a as a photographer just to get access to the Bivyak is going to cost me 13,000 euros yeah. and then I'm not even taking photos I'm or not allowed to post the stuff that I'm doing I still have to pay excuse me pay for that as yeah. well so yeah. it is expensive but starting out and developing a skill for a little kid or a smaller team to get to a place where a factory team picks them up or they get a they shine in that, that initial stage and, and a big um, KTM or Husqvarna or, or Kawasaki picks them up and say, hey, this kid's got potential. Um, he just needs an extra little bit of money to be able to get him from his, his, his clapped out old YZ or whatever bike and then to an actual factory bike. And you put that kid on a factory bike and all of a sudden it's like, shit, this kid's winning championships. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's is just like that. And you see also the errors like, Mm. you know there was there was like my dad's era yeah um, and then Clayton Insulin came mm-hmm. you know look my dad was a bit different he 
he spread his career so long. Mm. Um, you know, he retired at 43, 44, so that's yeah. not normal. Um, but he was able to yeah. do that. So, was so a you lot have another people. 20 years to go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, my body's feeling like that. But you know, like, you know, so, so he had, he had you know, a couple of guys mm. trying to come knock him off the pedestal. So Clayton yeah. Insulin, you know, yeah. and then all of these guys arrived. Yeah. And he stopped and then it became the Daryl, yeah, the Daryl Curtis, Curtis Jay yeah, Goodside, yeah. Lawrence yes. era, you know. Yeah, and yeah. then that era lasted, lasted. And then uh, Ross and Kenny arrived. Mm. You know, and now Ross and Kenny are mm. not so much retired. I mean, Ross yeah, obviously yeah. just you know doing the rally but the stuff. young dogs are coming you know, out. And then it's, Bre- it's now Brett, mm. Brett and myself. Mm. You know, that's like you know, that's the new, that's the new era. You know, Brett Sonopol, myself, yeah. Pentecost. Like there's mm. this this new era, and you know, and then the next era is going to be the the Davin Cocker, the yeah. um, the Matthew Wilsons, those type of guys. You mm. know, and, and even like the, there's the younger guys on eighty fives, Corbis Bester, Tom yeah. Scales. Like that's the next era. Yeah. Um, and it's cool to watch it. So, like, Lawrence always jokes, so, uh, what Lawrence is age now mm. is when Lawrence, what, what, Lawrence age now was my dad. Yeah. And Lawrence arrived on the scene. Okay. And then, uh, you know, like, my dad faded in Lawrence thing, and then mm. Lawrence, I arrived, at, and Lawrence used to see me at nappies. At oh, damn. And now yeah. Lawrence was fading his, you know, end, not fading, but ending his career. His career, yeah. I was yeah. starting mine in the oh, whole thing, nice, and now yeah. he's my team, you know, like, it, that's really cool. That's, so that's cool, It's yeah. also cool to see, like, you see these little kids and you're like, yeah, one day, yeah, yeah. Keep yeah. it on, like, you know, and, yeah. and especially what kids are doing now is, yeah, is like, insane. It's what insane, they're doing yeah. in Enduro is mm. unbelievable. I mean, I never took an 85 yeah. anywhere close to what they're doing mm. now. I mean, you know, I obviously see it at home, there's, mm. um, you know, there's a couple of them, but like, Tom Scales, he's, he's lives 20 minutes from my hometown yeah, yeah. and i mean he's finishing wfo courses mm. no problem like yeah. <laughs> he could finish a silver roof of africa yeah. without a doubt and mm. maybe even you know like yes. finish at the back end of a goal you know yeah. if the bike allowed it but yes, yes, you know yes. and there's him there's um um kid from joe matthew stevens oh yeah, uh, yeah. this quibus bester guy mm-hmm. um there's a couple of kids in cape town um there's yeah. there's one that's a bit older um graham hedgecock kid tristan mm. And they're really these, these kids. So, off-road is really looking healthy in South Africa, mm, whether it's the faster yeah. stuff with Quibus yeah. and Tom and all of that, yeah. or the extreme stuff where there's Matthew, Tristan, mm. Tom also, you know. Yeah, like going for it. It's really, it's it's getting big. And, sure, and I mean, yeah. extreme enduro, look how big it is at the moment, yeah, you know. Yeah, but yeah. off-road is getting to that in SA, which mm. is cool. Yeah. I mean, that almost like, every time I come race at GXCC, I'm mm. like, so many people, you know, yeah. but every time it's just getting bigger, bigger, and, bigger, bigger. and better, yeah. and like the track, and you know, it's, it's, it's cool. awesome. No, like, to that point, as I saw, there's a guy, um, like I've been quite involved with Fast House, and yes. like some of the younger kids that, that Clinton them is, is sponsored and with Kit and stuff like that. That Raiden Wools, like, yeah. he's a fearless little guy, like, yeah, this called like yeah, the hell, yeah, like, he looks like a little bobblehead, and he sends it over a double, yeah, and like, got what like the? top three today, and like, mm. with kids ascending, is like, insane, what the yeah. hell, yeah, they, they've so, got zero fear in them, and I think that's like, that's what, exactly what you're saying. We've got these young stars, and if they not look because they're looking up at you guys, and you guys are looking up to the other guys, if, if that chain doesn't. If you didn't put back in the sport, but you basically take out, like we were just talking before that uh, Gypsy Tales, like yeah. Jace, he's saying like, 
um, yes, okay, you're getting so much out of the sport. Like myself, like, dude, like my whole company that I've started was funded by people in motocross and off-road racing and that. And all I want to do is give back by this podcast, like telling your story, yeah, yeah. giving you expo- like the little bit of exposure that I can. Because, and you guys are luckily doing that by put whatever you're taking out of the sport and getting paid and getting rides a year and this and that, you're putting back in the sport by supporting these little guys. And it's so, so good because you... you- you're going into a market where there isn't like yeah like there's not many people doing podcast like like yeah. said, this is my first podcast so yes, yes, yes. you know and and like your your photo stuff's getting it's, it's really good you know yeah, your yeah. video stuff <laughs> your video stuff's also yeah. really good and mm. there's there's such a nice market mm. that's pretty empty at the moment yeah, and yeah. like if you can be one of the first you know well you know yeah. first in last out so, <laughs> exactly uh, yeah no no but that's that's the thing like and uh, the lucky thing at the moment is like i'm focused on doing it because it's fun for me like yeah. luckily i still have my 95 job and that pays the bills and stuff like that so i'm allowed opportunities yes. that most people are not so i can take off I'm not, and i work from home so i can take off time and go follow you guys and bots and take photos of you guys and uh, i was said to Sharon, imagine the podcast we can have with like you and him and, and ross, ross and and everyone sitting around the table i think we were saying we were saying mm-hmm. are we going to do one at uh at Dakar every yeah. night like, yeah. like yeah. myself ross Stu, gregory and uh Taryn. yeah we're gonna have the we're gonna call it the sluggers and it's gonna be the four <laughs> of us you know and Kenny was Let's see, something like, something and like that is perfect it would be you, so good you put a external and, and, and how easy it is i think that the bar- people think the barrier of entry like you see now i've got yeah, my laptop so and two mics here that we don't even need two mics we can put an external recorder here with the memory card yeah. in it have it record send that audio file to a, a site like anchor where i host my podcast and within 24 hours it's on itunes spotify That's and it's easy. easy and uh, dude everyone will listen to that podcast that you guys would do there so yeah yeah, definitely. I think it's it's awesome, and you just having that mindset of doing stuff like that is is already helping because. Oh, we just need to get you to Dakar. Uh, dude, I'm I'm ready. Like <laughs> my bags are packed. <laughs> no, no, but uh, yeah. Again, like thank you for taking the time out of your time. I know you're also like super busy and preparing for all this and that uh, to to get to Dakar, and, and you are on your journey to Dakar, and you've had such a cool career so far, and um, yeah, I think you just. The sky's the limit at this point. Like twenty three already heading to Dakar and everything, and like the championships that you've won and that. That's it's just a test to your talent and that. And I think there's really good stuff coming coming for you. So it's oh, awesome. I appreciate it. And yeah, thank you for for wanting to do this and and mm. you know just it helps me no. helps me get out there a there little bit are. more and then mm. you know that gets it's cool. And, so if people yeah if people do want to follow you on um, follow your journey now and your yeah. social media where can they where can they get you yeah just uh instagram brad cox 34 um mm-hmm. um facebook uh black athlete page yeah. i think it's also brad cox 34 okay twitter brad cox perfect um yeah just just my social media like mm-hmm. you know like i say i run my own social media so it's, yeah. it's really it's not someone uh yeah not someone doing not someone posting for me and Mm -hmm. it's it's me it's authentic so perfect um yeah i mean like i said earlier the support from from the people with this whole journey has been incredible so yeah um yeah like Hopefully it uh, all plans out. Awesome, awesome. But yeah, thanks cool. thanks for your time and I really appreciate it. And yeah, looking Thank forward you. to see your, your road to Dakar then. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Pro Never podcast. And like I said at the beginning, what an awesome guest with some insane stories. Like starting out that young in the sport, um, I really think he has a very bright future ahead of him and can't wait to see his road to Dakar. 
But uh, thank you guys again for listening. Thanks for all the support. And please consider subscribing to the podcast to hear for future episodes. If you do have any guests in mind, please slide into the DMs. Um, go on to Facebook and look for the Disruptive Intent page. And on Instagram, it's the profile of a podcast where you'll also see all our guests that we've had on. And uh, go like and follow those pages. And um, yeah, please send us a message if you have any guests in mind you would like to hear on the podcast. And again, thanks for listening and I'll see you in the next one.